Welcome to On the Up and Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForgia, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job. Whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. All right, we're diving into part two of our little mini interviews series. So I know that I learn best when I have a way to practice what I'm learning and to take notes. And the first thing I do is that docs.new and get a Google Doc open and start typing and things like that. And I think that one of the things that is so fun about this interview series of three episodes is that it's kind of like a free little mini course that could make you absolutely incredible at screening candidates and hiring and interviewing and leaning into that skill set. But it also creates a way for you to build some internal processes that are going to be, you're going to have like a 90% head start and all you have to do is go and put your special sauce on some of the things that we're talking about here today. Um, and it's going to create something within your business, within your team uh, that's going to be able to stand the test of time. And the reason for that is because the things that you're learning in this three-part series are tried and true <laughs> and tested, and they're also tested through the compliance lens. So it's very interesting when we see our peers in our space occasionally, um, you know, they hire a lot, so they get pretty good at it. And they have some thoughts and some feelings about how interviews should be done or what should be done or little hacks and tips and tricks here and there. And the difference between that advice that you might see out there and something that is a little bit more, I guess, long lasting and something that you can build on and is very foundational is that we run all of our advice through a compliance lens. So even if you tell me something really small um, or you ask a question, the answer is always it depends, but that doesn't get us nowhere. Um, so with these three, I think, episodes, we thought about how important it is for our clients and our friends in the industry to have this extra layer of protection of what is and isn't allowed, what could and could not be problematic, and using our depth of knowledge of working with so many different types of people over the years, you're able to actually create long-lasting materials. And so if you haven't already, go download our interviewing bundle. You get 50% off with the code UAU1023. Um, those are going to give you I think it's five or six different documents um, that are going to essentially get you to a shortcut to use the information in this three-part series to create internal processes. Now, we're usually talking to entrepreneurs, small business owners, HR leaders, people that are in an influential position within their company. And most of the people that listen to On the Up and Up and that are in our community, care a lot about the way that they do their job, and you care a lot about the people that you're hiring. But you also need to know, how do I effing do this in the first place? <laughs> you know, how do I even 
get this person on a call? How do I even ask them questions that are not illegal? How do I even get them to open up? What are some best practices I should keep in mind? So in this second part here, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about the quantitative side of interviewing. So in our first episode last week or last episode number 44, you will be able to learn about the first few steps of the four general steps of bringing in a new candidate. And that's after you've already posted a kick-ass job post, you have their job description done, and you know your compliance responsibilities in regards to hiring in the first place. Um, So this is going to be a little bit more about the third and fourth step of that process. And it's very data-driven, very quantitative. So for all of you people ops people out there that are like, okay, let's talk about that. How do I get, you know, one of the questions I get a lot is, how do I quantify whether or not somebody's a good candidate? That's what we're talking about today. So that's something you're interested in. Keep listening. Um, This will be a little bit shorter uh, of an episode, mostly because it's really packed with lots of information. And that's why I am telling you, go download that interviewing bundle because a lot of this is going to give you a head start and basically be able to take what we're talking about today and turn it into a process in your company in no time. So the four steps to remind you were the checklist and screening interview, that going a little bit deeper culture fit interview. And the third step is to validate. So validating everything that they've told you, validating education, checking references, making sure that they really do have the skills that they're talking about through their portfolio or you know, if they're creative, a portfolio is a great way to do it um, or examples or you know, just ways that you can validate their existence as a human person that worked in the field through LinkedIn and things like that, Um, even social media and different things of that nature to make sure that they're adding up as an individual. Um, A little more surface level, you can do a background check at this point. You just have to get a release. Um, You can do a reference check but you just want to make sure that you're getting a release and make sure that the things that you're asking in that process are going to be conducive to what you really need to know and not just, you know, checking things off of a list. So making it effective, not just making it a checklist. Um, But today we're talking about that validation and that evaluation. So you already kind of, if they've made it to this stage, you already, they've passed the checklist on paper. They've gone a little deeper with a second interviewer or someone like that that's going to talk to them more about their personality, their culture fit. They have some knowledge about the industry. They've demonstrated that through speaking and you know verbal discussion. Um, their personality seems open. They're responsive. You know, different qualifications for different positions. So I'm not going to really like dive all that, you know, dive into all that. Um, some some people are hiring. We don't really care if they're responsive. <laughs> it's completely asynchronous and it's all about the material that they produce at the deadline that they produce it. So those are not always going to be the things that we're looking for. And that's totally okay. And that's why you have to customize this to who you are, to what your company is and to what your company needs. Um, the more specific that you can get back in the first episode, that authenticity is going to be super important. But also, I want to talk about the whole purpose of this episode, which is turning qualitative material and data that you're collecting from the interview process into quantitative materials so that you can accurately measure your candidates against each other, but in a really thoughtful and cohesive way. 
And if you're able to build this process within your company, then we call that internal scalability, which means that if you're able to get all these things down on paper and how you got to the place where the quality turns into the quantitative materials, the qualities of the people are evaluated and put into a quantitative set of data, then you're going to be able to have anyone be able to interview people and as long as they're trained. Um, you're going to be able to have anyone in, that you hire as a manager be able to continue to replicate this process, making the hiring process easier so that you can scale your business easier, get what you need easier and faster, and then you can focus on getting them to an ROI more quickly. So when we're talking about this three-part series and we're in the second part here, we're talking about turning qualitative materials into quantitative materials so that you can make the best possible hire, make the best possible offer, and also be able to do it again and again and again. So a one-off hire is great, but true scalability within a business is going to be able to do that over and over again with limited or few and far between um, one-off situations where things don't work out. And when we do that, we also make it a lot more affordable to hire. So if you spend the time building out what your culture should look like, making sure that your compliance and HR is in order, and then you're also putting together materials that are going to help screen the best possible candidates to get you the most kick-ass, talented team, then that is going to reduce the cost of turnover. It's going to reduce the cost of compliance issues. It's going to reduce the cost of settlement issues. It's going to reduce a lot of costs, but most importantly, it's going to reduce reduce the time. So the reason that it costs up to 400% of a candidate's annual salary to replace them is not because of the actual money that's coming out of the bank, although that is a big deal. <laughs> Oftentimes you have to supplement with temps and higher level experts and things like that if you have to go outside your outside your employee status or your internal team but also because of the time. So you're not going to have somebody that is as effective as their job until a longer period of time, which is causing a bleed in your money. So while this episode is going to be kind of short and sweet, it's also really packed. So you might listen to it a couple of times in order to make sure that you're really absorbing this information. But just keep in mind that there is some really great resources out there that can help you to put things together so that you can create that internal scalability, make the time from needing to hire to a productive ROI-driven employee shorter, saving you time and money, but also keeping you safe from pesky lawsuits and even frivolous lawsuits, but also sometimes some lawsuits that you might deserve just because you didn't know. So all of that comes down to really a couple of little things. Number one, removing bias, making sure that we're making good decisions based on all the data that we're collecting and all the time that we're spending with these individuals um, that are applying to work with our company. So at this stage, when we're validating, so that's that third step, we're going to be talking about potentially doing a background check, a reference check, reviewing portfolio, double-checking education, checking social media, LinkedIn, um, asking around if they are coming from another business that you can reach out uh, on a little bit more of a kind of like, hey, I saw that this person worked, you know, at this company. Like, did you know them? Like, how did you have much interaction with them? Like those little things, even if they're not 
a reference are okay to ask. But if anybody comes to you <laughs> um, asking those questions, don't ever answer them <laughs> because we don't ever want to get in trouble for accidentally saying something negative. Um, but generally speaking, if people are willing to talk and it's positive, that's a great sign. Then if you're like, hey, I, you know, I'm interviewing this girl, Megan. She worked for um, you know, she inter- interned for the company. So this for the company you work for, this is going to be a full her first full time position um, that we're hiring for. Like, did you interact with her much? And, you know, you're going to be able to tell just in those simple like these are, you know, peers questions that you have with people that, you know, if they're like, oh, yeah, she was great. We had a great time working together. Like, I wish her the best of luck versus like, yeah, she worked here. I didn't work with her too often. Like, you're going to be able to kind of tell um, if people are are skirting the question. Um, Not that we're trying to be sneaky or anything, but we also, just as much as we wouldn't want to put a ton of stock into an unofficial reference, like I'm not going to hire or fire somebody based on something somebody I'm connected with on LinkedIn or used to work with 10 years ago said. Um, So it's kind of like a tit for tat situation. Like maybe they'll say great things and that's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, But it's not going to be a deal breaker. So just keep in mind that just kind of making sure that they're a human person should be in this validation section, (laughs) making sure that they're real, that they are who they say they are. Um, Most of the time we're going to be able to know, but asking specific questions will give us the information that we need. Um, Because the last thing you want to do is start to hire someone, go through the process of offering them a position, getting really excited about it, building out a training schedule, all that good stuff. And then find out that they're not, you know, legally eligible to work in the U.S. because they can't provide the documentation that you need in order to get them onboarded. So that is we do want to validate it to a certain extent, but there is a little bit of taking their word for it. So finally, we when we get to step four, we've evaluated or we validated everything that we can. So all those black and white things, anything that they might answer yes or no to. And we've made sure they're a human person. They seem to have some type of LinkedIn or social media presence, um, maybe even some mutual connections, you know, things like that. Um, I say go a little hard in that area. Just take an extra 10 minutes to just kind of look up their digital footprint. And in HR, we do this a lot. Again, you don't want to take it too far. Like, who cares if they have pictures of them going out with their friends in college? Like, who cares if their stories are them taking shots at the bar or whatever? Like, none of that matters unless you're like an anti-alcohol business. And then I guess it does. But that's why it's important to be really clear about your cultural needs. (laughs) But generally speaking, I think that we do want to make sure that we're keeping that bias out of this as much as possible. So just instead of using that's why the social media check and the education check and portfolio review is in the validate section. So the validate step of the interview process versus the evaluate. So you're going to just kind of give it a good old yes or no overview. And you're not going to evaluate their social media for their ability to be on your team. That doesn't show you anything about their skills as an employee. And so it's a waste of time to do that. Even if you are running a social media business, um, what their social media looks like really should not matter compared to the work that they're going to be doing for you. Um, And we want to have a little bit more straightforward and kind of aligned guidelines about how we are measuring their capabilities. So that final step, evaluation, is going to be the big one. And this is because this is where where we're actually assessing for skills, compiling all of the data and turning that qualitative material into quantitative material. So the question I get a lot from our clients uh, is, you know, 
the CEO might ask their the person that's doing the interviews like, oh, well, how did you like them? And they're like, oh, they were really great. I liked them a lot. And then they're like, oh, well, how did you like candidate two? Oh, they were really great. Really liked them. What about candidate three? Oh, really liked them a lot. So instead of now we have three people you really like, we want you to ask really specific questions to turn that qualitative feedback into something quantitative. Hey, give me a scale on one to five personality wise, you know, how how much you think or how much you liked this individual, how much you trusted them. You know, questions like that that are a little bit more specific or I should say how much you trusted them, not how much you like them. Like that doesn't really matter that much. Um, but something along the lines of overall, did you enjoy speaking with them? And did you get a lot of really clear answers from them? And did you like their communication style? Like on a scale of one to five, throw those numbers at me. Now you've just turned that, oh, I really liked them into a quantitative number. Tell me about candidate number one. Oh, I liked them. I think I give them a four. Oh, how did you feel about candidate number two? Did you trust them? Did you enjoy the conversation? Did they feel really smart? You know, whatever the question is that you're that you're posing for all the candidates. Let's just go with trust. Did you trust candidate number one? Oh, yeah, definitely. I give him a four. Did you trust candidate number two? Oh, for sure. Very trustworthy, very smart. Give him a five. What about candidate number three? Oh, I give him a 3.5 or four. There were some times when I wasn't 100% sure they knew what they were talking about. So they could really like all three of those people, but you can see that all three of those people got different scores. So being really specific in the information that you're looking for in, t- in order to turn that qualitative data into something quantitative is going to be super key and really, really important. I feel like half of HR is turning quality, qualitative stuff into data <laughs> that people can measure because um, we do this in so many different areas. Um, but essentially, you can also, not only through the interview process, assign a qualitative data to an assessment. So generally speaking, we're going to talk more about assessments next week. So that's the final step. Um, we're going to talk a lot more about what types of assessment to use, how to pay them, things like that in episode in the next episode, so 46. So if that's what you're looking for, skip on over there. But to round out this episode, we're going to talk about two more things. So in the evaluation process, you might be offered them a um, they might do a test project, they might do a personality assessment, you know, things like that. And you can actually assign value to those numbers too. So the way that we do all of this and how we take the validate and evaluate and put it into something quantitative to put the candidate side by side without a picture, you don't need a picture of anybody, <laughs> um, without a voice recording, you know, without any of that stuff, like literally just a Google Doc table, three sections, each candidate laying it all out there, which is generally we, we would recommend three to five candidates to get to your final process where you're actually validating and evaluating their situation. Otherwise, it's just too much work. You can kind of keep people in the loop of the process. That way, if it doesn't work out with one of the candidates, you don't have to go and resource. So that's why we say moving quickly through this process is going to be key. Um, But try to just choose your top because otherwise, all of this due diligence takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time, energy, effort, and money. And we're trying to get to a really efficient, internally scalable process that you can replicate over and over again. So a lot of that is going to be dead time if you're doing this for 10 different people. Just do three, three or four at the most, um, and make sure that you can, that you and your team can accurately decide why you're bringing those people in to the last step of the process. And the way to do that is through this rubric. So essentially what we would recommend is creating a rubric or a scoring a scoring sheet that would go over each of these individuals 
um, sets of skills. And I think it's really fun to create these based on culture because you can give people scores for cultural things that are going to be weighted a little bit more than others. So creating a pattern in which you can put the data side by side is going to be super key. We'll often use a hiring rubric to do that. Um, it can be something as simple as, you know, having, you know, an assessment of their portfolio. So in that validate section, if they get to evaluate and you want to take another look at their previous work or a writing sample or something like that, um, sit down and give it give it a score. You know, if you need it to be out of 10 because it's a little bit more nuanced. I know our copywriting clients are are we've just learned a lot about how valuable copy is along the way. So maybe five stars isn't going to be enough. Maybe you need to do 10. But just make sure that whatever you're reviewing, you're reviewing it on the same scale for each individual person. And then you're going to start to see the gaps and the people that are really shining and the people that are really sticking their neck out and doing a great job. And now I know this because I've made every mistake possible along the way. You can also do every single part of this right using the knowledge that you have and still not quite hit the mark with a candidate. Um, they may surprise you. They may, you know, end up being different than you thought, things like that. But at the end of the day, the due diligence is what is going to make you be able to show on paper that you are compliant, you're non-discriminatory, and it's going to help you to bring in the best candidate. And I think you'd be surprised when you put everything into a data format like that, how impactful it can be on the growth of your business. Because making one good hire is the difference between massive growth. And I think especially when we're working with lean, small teams where we're super productive with high revenue markers, I mean, we're talking one killer hire can make you $100,000 just because you have the best person for that job that is serving your clients in the best way that's impacting your revenue, that's impacting your return on their investment, you know, all these types of things. So granted, there are that's a total totally different conversation in regards to performance management and stuff like that but creating this rubric is something that we can absolutely help you with especially in our set to scale community because it's going to take us a little bit more focus in order to put something together that really reflects your culture so if you haven't already worked with us on the paradigm solution and have those foundations set up um, then definitely reach out let me know how we can support you or if you need to get those HR foundations in order especially if you're in a state with pretty strict laws like California New York, Colorado, um, oh, a lot of them, Washington, Oregon, <laughs> I can just go on and on. Nevada has a bunch of weird laws, um, things like that that you have to be aware of. But keep in mind that Set to Scale is a great resource if you are DIYing your HR and you just want to make sure that you're making a great hire. Join our community. The women are absolutely – and men are absolutely phenomenal. So that would be a great thing to check out. But in the meantime, make sure that you go and download that interviewing bundle. You get a 50% off code for listening to this episode, uh, UAU1023, and you can grab that link in the show notes. And that will give you a great head start into planning an internally scalable recruiting process, reducing the time from posting a job or deciding to hire to having a employee that's literally making you money every month. Um, super excited to dive in next week to assessments and dive a little deeper into that evaluate section where we can talk about assessing for skills. Uh, and I'm also just so grateful that you listened to this episode and hope that you will leave us a five-star review. Um, feel free to reach out on Instagram. Let me know if there was anything super valuable you took from this and I'm pumped to uh, continue to talk about this next week. I'm sure you can tell. Love it. Have a great week and I'll see you next Wednesday. 
if you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review on the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.